Welcome to the RAS Life, a podcast by RAS Extension. Hi, I'm Charlton. And I'm Harriet. And we're Extension Officers for the Australian RAS industry. Each week, we'll bring you a conversation that's connecting growers with research, technology, and best practice. This season podcast is focused on providing growers with key steps for, achieve, for achieving a high yielding RAS crop. We introduced this concept in episode one, season two, which was released uh, last week. And you can hear about the importance and what we're going to be doing throughout the podcast series. So through this process, we'll be discussing the key steps for drill sowing, drab broadcast and aerial sowing. So for today's episode, I'm catching up with Mark Grote from Sunrise Grower Services to chat about the importance of the second and third key steps, which relate to establishment and we discuss where growers should be up to. So the second step is all about planting within the window for your variety and region. And the third step is talking about the kilos of seed per hectare that people need to be sowing to achieving that 100 to 200 plants per meter squared. Before we jump into today's episode, Harriet, do you want to give us a quick update about what's been happening in the MIA and the CIA? Yeah, so we're starting to see people getting out and about, um, putting in their fertiliser, um, and we've even got some people that are beginning to plant or sow, which will be interesting to hear Mark's thoughts on about this. Um, we've also got a few people really interested in the grower groups that we've sent invitations out to growers. In the MIA, we've got one in Yenda and one in Benarimba, and we'll also have one in Colliambly. And this will be happening Wednesday and Thursday next week. And what about you? What's happening in the Murray? What's happening down in the Murray? We have also a few people who've started early sowing. So I'm really interested to hear Mark's thoughts about, you know, making sure they get that PI date right. And also down in the Murray, we've had a lot of interest in our grower groups. So we've split into Eastern and Western Murray Valley. So we've got a grower group at the Finley Farm with Southern Growers, which Troy's organising. We've got run, got one based at Blighty Mayrung area, one at Pretty Pine, then in we've also got Bunaloo, Mellon and one at Barraboyce. If you have an RSV plead, please do you know, send Harriet and I a text or an email. Just we really have to be mindful, obviously, with COVID numbers, but we're really excited to get those grower groups up and running. Yeah, no, that sounds really good and exciting that there's going to be so many different groups uh, across the different regions. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to hear about your chat with Mark Grote. Um, did you want to give a bit of an overview of what you'll be chatting about? Going to be chatting about the second and third key step. We run through the sowing date, what it means for the crop around PI and early micro spore. And then we just touch quickly about some key take-home messages from the C20 season and also what key resources people need to have. And Mark talks about what he's most excited about for C21. Hi, Mark. Thanks for joining me today. It's great to be kicking off the C21 season with a promising number of seed orders. We're very grateful to have you join us again, and I cannot wait to chat. Thanks, Charlton, and uh, and hello, everybody, and thanks for the invitation again. So, uh, yes, it's certainly been a great start to the season, um, promising wet start and, and still a predicted spring to come. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we all get the opportunity it is certainly nice to be talking uh, hundreds of thousands of tonnes rather than tens of thousands of tonnes. So, um, yes, here's to more to come. All right. Well, let's kick off today's episode. Do you just want to give us a quick recap about last season 
and some key take-home messages that growers need to be aware of ready for this season? Yeah, look, last uh, season, I probably went over a lot in the, in the pre-seasons, I guess, but um, it was certainly a great season where we could learn a lot from uh, and what to do and particularly not what to do as, as it was a season that we really couldn't get away with anything given the, um, the, uh, the cold periods that we had. So it was not a season that we could push any boundaries and, and most particularly in terms of sowing dates and, um, and then by default, the PI and, and early pollen microspore dates. So I guess if there was a, a couple of key points to take out of last season, that timeliness was certainly everything. Uh, yield certainly suffered as we pushed that PI date out beyond the first few weeks of January. Um, and I guess the, the relationship or that interaction between the sowing date, your sowing method, um, irrigation management and nitrogen management all have an influence on the other and particularly have an influence on potentially delaying maturity and this pushing that, uh, pushing that early pollen microspore date out into a period that we, that we don't want to be. And I guess it's, it's, uh, it's good to have a plan, but, but uh, plan to be flexible. So if, if, for example, your sowing date is delayed for whatever reason, um, prepare to fill up as early as possible to prevent any further delay in maturity. Uh, if you miss out on the window for a specific herbicide treatment, ensure that you have a backup. So I guess timely establishment and early weed control, if you get that out of the road, you're, you're 80% there and, uh, and it provides so many options uh, yeah, so it was an interesting season, not a season to push any boundaries, but certainly a season that we could learn a lot from and hopefully uh, hopefully hold us in a lot better stead in seasons to come. Thanks for those key messages. They do lead nicely into what we're going to be chatting about today. So today we're going to continue the discussion Harriet and I started last week about the development of the key steps to achieving a high yielding rice crop. We're going to chat about the second and third step Today, Mark, we're going to chat about planting within the sowing window for the variety of the region and sowing method and why it's important to achieve that 100 to 200 plants per metre squared. Do you want to start us off why it's important for growers to make sure they really target that sowing window? So last season, really, it was, it was invariably the crops that reached uh, PI within those first two weeks of January that yielded well. And, um, and the ones that were pushed outside of that window did suffer in, in yield. And the ones that were pushed well outside that window, uh, unfortunately, some of them suffered dramatically. So that sowing window is probably the foundation of, of everything. Um, so Brian Dunn particularly has done a heap of work on this and, and really keeps pushing that same message that the highest probability of getting the best results is if your panicle initiation date occurs in those first two weeks of January. So this is the period that where it's, it's least likely to experience um, cold periods through that early pollen microspore and, um, and, and you know, hence cold induced sterility. So just as background that early pollen microspore or, or young microspore it's also called is the period where the head is starting to form in the base of the plant um, and your pollen formation is is happening. So that is a very sensitive period to cold as, uh, so if you get below for most varieties around 15 degrees for some of your more cold sensitive varieties such as uh, topaz and dungara up to 17 degrees, essentially your developing pollen is, um, is, is uh, rendered sterile. So 
uh, and, and so your heads will fill as per normal um, and they will flower as per normal, but they're sterile and you'll have a heap of empty florets and no grain. So um, it's getting that early pollen microspore period into that end of January uh, and thus your PI period in the first two weeks of January is where you want to be. And, um, and that is, is then directly linked to your planting date. So that's essentially why Brian has put in each, each variety guide um, a recommended sowing date for each, each variety and each region and for each sowing method. So because at the minute there's a lot of winter crops in the ground and potentially some double cropping, is there a kind of you know, end date or cut off for the later sown people who might be still looking for some allocation in the Murray Valley? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and it um, it really shone last year. There certainly is a, you know, you can push the date too far. Um, we know with rice that as you push um, your planting date outside of the ideal window, you do tend to decrease in yield. Um, but normally that's a fairly you know shallow or, or you know not a steep curve. Last year, it really was a fall off the cliff. Um, there were plenty of crops that looked a lot better than they yielded, um, and particularly down south where temperatures were were uh, you know colder than than in the northern valleys. But um, um, but where it was pushed too far out, and uh, it really fell off a cliff. And last year, you know, there were some great examples where PI occurred right at the end of January, even early February. Um, pollen microspore occurred into into mid Feb. Um, and even late Feb, and we hit temperatures of seven, eight degrees, and um, and had you know relatively disastrous results. So, so yes, do be mindful. Yes, it's wall or winter crop this year, um, um, but do be mindful of that window that you're going to be sowing into, and particularly where that means your pollen microspore will occur. Um, the likelihood of getting a lot lower yield is is um, is higher, and um, and you know we don't. It's not. It's in nobody's interest really to be there. Um, we'd rather that uh, that water was saved for next season, and and uh, if we get hot, you know, a lot higher results by by having everything done at the right time. Yeah, definitely. I think the key thing to take out of that that is, if you are coming out of a winter crop and looking to go into a late sown crop for rice, please contact either Mark or someone from Rice Extension, just to make sure that you are not at risk of being too late if that's the option that you are looking at because we don't wanna see any really bad yields like we did last year in direct relation to that sowing date. So if you are thinking about it, we'd advise you to get some advice before you make that decision. Also, just quickly, Mark, so last season we saw quite a number of growers changing the kilograms of seed that they were sowing per hectare. Ideally, we're trying to target that 100 to 200 plants per square metre. What's the advantages, you know, of growers sowing between that 100 and 150 kilos a hectare? Yeah, look, again, and, and as you said, we want to achieve a plant population of between 100 and 200 plants a square metre. Um, there's still plenty of growers that are looking to plant at, you know, 180 kilos plus. And, um, and you bring your plant population, you know, up around to four, 450 plants a square metre. Fantastic, looks like a lawn, comes up beautifully. Your risk of lodging 
uh, increases, um, oh, well, shall we say fairly highly. And, um, and pushing that nitrogen with an extremely high plant population um, certainly gives you a, a lot more, um, you know, more probability that things are going to fall over. So there is no advantage, and Brian's shown this year in, year out, to have a plant population uh, more than, than, well, certainly more than 200 plants a square metre. Um, you can still get ideal yields at down to 40 plants a square metre. And I think, you know, majority of us have experienced that in, in some time or other. Rice has a, has a fantastic, um, you know, ability to compensate and, uh, and tiller out. And the more it tillers, uh, really, it's, it's the less likelihood it's going to fall over. You get a strong, robust plant. Um, which, uh, yeah, as I say, is a lot less susceptible to lodging. Once you get above that 100 plants a square metre, you take out all that distribution effect. So if you're down to 40, you need a, you know, you need it quite evenly spread um, throughout the paddock. Whereas once you get above 100 plants a square metre, that your your distribution effect is sort of cancelled out, uh, and you can get maximum yield at a, at 100 plus. So 100 to 150 kilos of seed per hectare. Um, is well and truly that's you know 40 50 60 percent uh establishment to get that um, to get that rate or, or get that 100 to 200 plants a square meter so we can actually drop those rates given some of our ideal planting methods now particularly in the uh drill sown and and some of the um the machines that we're using um so yeah be mindful of that is there isn't an advantage see this expensive this year um and to get an extra 30 40 50 kilos per hectare of seed for no perceived advantage um is just uh, an added expense that um yeah is in potentially a disadvantage to you i know there's a few people that obviously haven't grown rice for a few years might they be looking at doing you know a re-so if they potentially don't get the establishment thereafter and should it be if their plant counts are below that 40 plants per meter squared or is there an ideal number if they're looking at a replant yeah that's a good question and and as i say you, you can get high yields at 40 plants a square meter but it does depend on that distribution um so if it's relatively even then uh you know a, a replant is um i guess an expensive option that may or may not work um it's certainly worth having a really good look through the crop uh, rather than do a blanket, you know, resale of, of whatever, 50, 100, 100 kilos per hectare. So um, yeah, look, it, I guess keep it as an option, but have a have a really good look and uh, and I guess bounce it off your agro and feel free to give us a call to um, to wander through the paddock and uh, yeah, see, uh, see if it's the way to go or, or see if we think there's enough there. Yeah, As no. I say, it's not a, it's not a, sorry, Charles, it's not actually a huge advantage to have it looking like a lawn early on. Um, it's what it looks like at, at, uh, at flowering really, or at PI, that's, uh, that's the important bit and, and where it, where it, it's, it's yielding. Just out of interest, the really, the top yield this year was 15.6 tonne or last season. Um, it actually wasn't a flash looking crop. It, um, it, I certainly didn't pick it as, as the top yielding crop. It was very even, um, very, you know, excellent weed control and so on. Um, and obviously all the, all the paddock was the same. There wasn't any weak spots, um, but, you know, plant population was around that 200 plants a square meter. 
Um, it wasn't certainly it wasn't a tall crop. It uh, yeah, it, it just uh, it just yielded well because it was all even and um, and and certainly very timely. Brett and Louise Turner did a really good job with their yield. And I guess if anyone wants any more information, Harriet has done a case study about it. And it's a good read because it goes over the timeliness, their attention to detail, and really solidifies, you know, making sure that you are sowing on time and that your management activities are done correctly. So Absolutely. And and look, Brett will say himself he's he's a stickler to following the recipe. And and that's a the great thing you're sort of doing here with these these steps. To a point it's back to basics or back to foundations. Yeah, I would agree with that. Most people who we discussed the concept of like the key steps with you know, their number one thing that they do is their timeliness and preparation has got to be spot on. So I think if we can push that out across industry and just get people kind of to take a step back and look at what they're doing and reassess and just tick the basics. When we looked at the results from last year's C20 season, we had a real focus on that top 20%, especially around like the MIA because it was very uniform in their method of sowing and things. Do you want to give us a quick recap, Mark, about what those growers did, you know, to get to that top 20%? Uh, yeah, look, this this was actually a really interesting one. So, you know, last year being a small year, it was 45,000 tonne. There were areas where, you know, there were just a few crops of specific varieties. Um, so it was hard to sort of benchmark a fair bit of it. So the MIA was probably the exception in that Rizik was the biggest crop and uh, and the MIA had, had probably 60 odd percent of the crop. So, so I just looked at the top, um, top, yeah, top 20% of Rizik in the MIA, which was only about a dozen crops. Uh, but it was interesting because the season, the way it went last year was most people thought the lady you planted, um, the worse you went. And and to a point that was correct, but within that top 20%, every the, the planting dates occurred from the first week of October right through to the first week of November. Um, within those 12 crops, they all yielded over 14 ton. I think the average was 14.2 within that within that um, that cohort. Um, the the sowing method uh, varied. There was a number of dry broadcast crops as well as drill sown crops. There um, within the drill sown regime, they practiced both delayed permanent water and and filled up. You know, after after the first couple of flushes, so filled up about five leaf. Stage and um, so everything varied in that respect. The one thing they had in common was that the PI dates all occurred in those first two weeks of January. So, regardless of your sowing method, regardless of your sowing date, as long as it was still within that window, uh, and um, and you know even irrigation management, nitrogen management to a point, every time within those crops, the PI dates occurred within those first two weeks of January. So. That was um, that was probably the take home from that. And last year really, really portrayed that. As I say, the previous probably four or five seasons we've been able to get away with it a bit, given the weather was for us, whereas last year it wasn't. And um, um, so that was a, a critical one. So it uh, sowing early is fine as long as you're not pushing that PI date too early. Uh, and likewise, sowing towards the end of the window works. Yeah, and if you want some more information on that, Mark did actually share some slides with those results in our pre-season meetings, which are available 
on the RAS Extension website. Um, so you can go back and watch the videos and pick out the specific data you're looking for. Thanks, Mark. And quickly, just before we do wrap up our chat today, I just want to know what you're most excited about for the C21 season. Oh, look, it's just, it's great to see some positivity in the air and, and certainly activity in the paddock. As I say, it's nice to be talking hundreds of thousands of tonnes rather than tens, so that's, uh, that's great. I have to say, I think that the grower group idea that uh, you're putting together is, uh, is a great one to, to not only share this information, um, but to, to learn from one another. It's certainly in everybody's interest. We get high yields and, and high returns. Um, we certainly, you know, from a sunrise point of view, want, want uh, rice in the system and, uh, and want uh, you to be getting high yields and making good money out of it to, to continue to do it. So it's really exciting time from a technology point of view. There's a lot happening um, in the paddock, uh, particularly, I guess, in regards to some of the nitrogen work being done and the, the imagery work being done. So we'll, we'll, keep, uh, we'll keep you informed with that as it, as it progresses. It's getting that evenness throughout the whole paddock where those high yields occur. Um, so we know that the varieties are capable of these high yields. It's getting that consistently across that paddock is, is where we want to be. And I guess just some of the things coming up in the, in the, uh, in the variety pipeline, you, many of you would have heard about a new variety we're bulking up for seed this year called VO71. It's a, um, a similar grain size to Rizik and the, a similar marketability to where Rizik is, uh, but has, has a bit more uh, cold tolerance to Rizik, more a Sherpa and standability and, and certainly shedding is, is a lot uh, better than what Rizik is. So it's about 250 odd hectares of that distributed throughout all of the areas. Look, other than that, wish everyone all the best with it. Give us, uh, give any of us a yell, please, if you um, need any more information. I'm really looking forward to the grower groups and that, you know, face-to-face -face learning between different growers and agronomists and the rice extension and grower services. And so far we've had um, quite a few people who've RSVP'd and are really excited about that concept. So I'm looking forward to that. And also I think the VO71, the trials for that will be really interesting in Rice Extension and the Grower Services team will be having a few field days so people can come along and visit those crops. Thanks for joining me, Mark, and no doubt we will chat with you later in the season. Absolutely. Pleasure and uh, yeah, good luck to everybody and um, we'll talk soon. So thanks for that great chat with Mark, Charlie. What, what were your three key take-home messages from your chat with Mark? So the three key things that I took out of it is that if you are coming into a double cropping scenario, there is such a thing as too late to sow a rice crop. So make sure you talk to grower services or rice extension about what that cutoff is. Also that if you are sowing now, which we have heard there are a few people, make sure that you're using like delayed permanent water techniques just so that you do align your PI dates. And the third one is that we are really excited to have that grower on grower learning happening through the grower groups and both rice extension grower services are going to be collaborating for them. So that's what I took out of it. Um, what did you take out of it, Harriet? The take home that I got out of it was definitely making sure that you're matching up your uh, PI date. You're making sure that you're going to hit PI date within that sowing window because you, as we saw last year with those yields, you really fell off a cliff if you were reaching PI outside of those 
of the, the critical date. So I think it's really important for growers to get online and download the updated variety guide and make sure that you're matching your sowing date with your variety location and planting method. Uh, I think the other point is making sure that everyone's calibrating their seeder to make sure that they're hitting the, the correct sowing rate. And if you do have any questions about uh, sowing dates or sowing rates, feel free to reach out to Brian Dunn from New South Wales DPI. We know he's quite active on Twitter and I'm sure he'd, he'd be happy to take a phone call. Yeah, next week we begin our grower group. So if you haven't already contacted your local RAS extension officer to register, make sure that you give either myself, uh, Charlie or Troy a call to register just for COVID purposes. And yeah, finally, we'd just like to wish everyone a happy and safe long weekend. And all of the resources that we touched on today's episodes can be found in our show notes or on our website. We'd really love to hear from you. So please tag us on social media in Facebook or Twitter and use hashtag RASC21. Please rate, review and subscribe, which helps share our podcast with the wider industry. Until next time, have a RASC day. Bye.